Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. This evening, I want to share something called making much progress through persistent prayers. Making much progress through persistent prayers. Two words I want you to notice there is the word progress and the word persistent prayers. The word progress and the word persistent prayers. If there is something I would really want you and all of us to develop next year, it will be our prayer life. It will be our prayer life. And um, we've, we've had school of prayers. We've had a couple of teachings on prayers that I've done over the years. Go back to them and listen to them again. Feed your feet where that is concerned. God answers prayers. He does answer prayers. And uh, it's very important that we live our lives from that perspective. Jesus, in teaching, always, not always now, but most of the times, used parables to teach his style of teaching. There were certain times he spoke plainly, but at other times he used parables. Now, in those parables, uh, Jesus explained to the disciples what those parables meant. Some of the times uh, he just taught in parables, taught to the crowd in parables, and then explained to the disciples later what those parables meant. Now, Jesus was a master teacher. He used different methods to teach uh, lessons. He used parables, he used stories, he used rhetoric questions, he used questions to answer questions, uh, he used illustrations, uh, he used rebuke. Um, he used different ways to teach so that people could understand what he was saying. Now, interestingly, Jesus wanted to teach about prayers, persistent prayers. Then he used a, a parable that seems negative. But the reason he did that was to explain something. So like, I, like, I would explain the parable, and then I'll read it from uh, two different times. You, one he used it as a parable, the other he used as a story, but passing the same lesson. But first of all, Go to James chapter 5 and verse 16. Uh, it's a popular scripture we read always in, uh, when we talk about prayer. James chapter 5 and verse 16. 
it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another so that you may be healed. Then he says, that's not uh, emphasis tonight. We're looking at prayers. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Now, when you read a statement like that, first of all, don't look at Elijah, you know, because the next verse says Elijah. Don't look at Elijah. Look at yourself. Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if you look at that from that perspective, you have to know that the, if your, your prayers can accomplish much. You, you must see your prayers from that perspective. That my prayers on this issue can cause results or can cause progress. So he says the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Now, um, we don't have the... Let's see what amplified version we have, but the amplified classic uses a phrase about being dynamic. I don't know if we have that, but it says, the earnest heartfelt, you can put whatever amplified version you have there, but the earnest heartfelt continued. Alright? So it says, the earnest heartfelt, now the word there again is continued prayer of a righteous man Note the words he used. Makes tremendous power available. So your prayers have power. Everybody say my prayers. My prayers. Say it like you pray. Say my prayers. My prayers. Has tremendous power. power. And you need to start seeing your prayers from that perspective. Say the prayer makes tremendous power available. Then he says dynamic in its working. What do you think the word dynamic means? Right? Power. But if we say something is dynamic? Media team, we need to get a dictionary on that slide for next year. So dynamic, what, what would you think dynamic means? Sorry? M- moving, motion, Something that is not static has different different what? Forms. Forms. Okay, different forms. Okay, yes. Forceful. Alright. So, um, will dynamic will dynamic imply something that's not just one way? Right. Right. Would that, would that be correct? To say it's not static. Who said it's not static? Who? Okay, yeah. That it's not static, right? So if I say that... Um, if I say there are many ways to get this Bible from this pulpit to the pew, would I be, would, would I be, would, would, would I be correct to say that... Uh, that's dynamic in nature. 
Do you understand the example? It's not just one way, it's moving, it's different ways, right? I know it won't fit into grammar, just understand it, right? If I say there are many ways to carry this Bible from here, I would actually also be saying that that's, that's dynamic in nature, right? Because it's not one way, it's moving, it's different ways, right? Now, it's important for you to understand that because one of the things that we struggle with in our prayer life is because after we have prayed, in our mind, there is a way God has to answer. That becomes a problem. Because we have a static view of the power of God in the place of prayer. Okay? We have a static view, so we feel... Let, let me give you an example. Uh, don't raise your hand. But those of you who have rich uncles or rich aunties, do you realize that after you have prayed about God's provision, right? You say, Lord, I'm trusting you for 5,000 naira. I believe you. After Faith Refreshers Conference, my faith is strong. I will get it. Do you realize that when you stand up from there, your mind just goes to your uncle? Then your mind tells you that God will touch his heart. How many of you have had that experience? Alright? Okay. The reason it happens like that is that logically in your mind, you've already calculated the answer. So, your praying is to actually show God what to do. That's why you are praying. You are not praying so that God will answer. You have the answer. <laughs> you understand? So, you already have the answer. What's the answer? My uncle. But I can't beg. They have told us not to beg. So, prayer... You understand that? It's like my kids, right? They've, they've changed now. After much, after persistent correction. Continual persistent correction. So, my son wants to play soccer. Alright? He likes to play the FIFA soccer game. My daughter, of course, is not FIFA that's her concern. It's her cartoon. So, but my son knows, dynamic in its working, that if we allow the little girl to watch soccer, then she or he also plays FIFA. Right? So, and the tendency of allowing the little one to watch cartoon is higher than the tendency to allow him. So he sends the little one. Can you see that? Right? So he sends Zara. To say, can we watch cartoon? Or he can even say, can we play game? Of course, I know that she will not play. Alright? Or sometimes can just carry the pad and stay for two minutes and leave it and go and watch a cartoon. So that's the way we pray. You know that if you beg your uncle, it's against some of the things we've taught. So you say, who can I send? Who will go for me? Then you say, God. You say, so you now come and say, God, I need this money. But your, your word says, the heart of the king. Who is the king here? <laughs> who is the king there? Your uncle, not my uncle, your uncle. <laughs> the heart of the king is in your hand. So you're praying, but that's static. You already have, you're not allowing the dynamism of answers to happen. I'll tell you something. If you want to have results in the year you're going to, let God be God. Just, just cut him loose. He knows how to get answers to you righteously. <laughs> are you following this? Come on, are you following this? It's a struggle we all have. As a minister of the gospel, sometimes you can be praying, Oh God, I, I want increase in church. And who does your mind go to about increase in church? 
the richest guy. That's, that thing right there, well, this is just introduction to my message, but I, I, I pray it helps you. That thing right there is spiritual warfare. That's a stronghold you need to break down. So, why am I saying this? I believe the Spirit of God is helping me to say this. Because many times when we are in that condition and what we think or how we think God will answer the prayer, the answer does not come that way, we give up. Right? We just feel that God hasn't answered. Or God is not answering. But He is answering. He's answering in ways you did not know He was answering. How many of you get what I'm trying to say tonight? So, when, 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 when you wait for the first time your uncle does, or maybe, I mean, sometimes and the enemy knows how to play on our emotions. Your uncle just now calls you. So, even before you pick the call, you just do some footwork. That answer has come. So, you pick the call, and then your uncle now tells you something that is very disconnected from the answer. Your disappointment deepens. Are you following this now? That's why people say, I was believing for this thing and I prayed, but it did not happen. How did you know it did not happen? You didn't see the physical manifestation. Or you had a timeline for it and that thing did not come. But what about if your prayers, God was already working on it? Let me, let me give you this testimony very quickly, then I'll come back. Um, uh, a minister, a dear minister of the gospel in Branson, Missouri, was sharing a testimony and he said, when they got married, both of them agreed about a, a kind of house they were trusting God for. And they prayed for that house. And after many years, they got the house. He said, but this was what was interesting. Uh, you know, there they have records. It's not like us. When they say, when did they build this? I say, ah, the house is long. Can't you see the foundations? You know that. So, so they actually had the date that the house construction started. You know, the, you know the interesting thing in their testimony? The day both of them agreed concerning that house, right? The construction of that house started. They haven't seen the house. They just agreed. This is the kind of house we are believing would be our dream home. Right? So they, they haven't seen it. It wasn't like they saw it and they were believing for it. They just... Our dream home would have this, would have this. This is what would be our dream home. Right? Brother Kidmore. That's it's Kidmore that shared the testimony. Himself and Sister Phyllis agreed on that. This would be our dream home in Jesus' name. And he kept praying and kept believing and kept speaking it forth. Now, the day they agreed, that day, the house construction started. Years later, they got the home. Now, I was just thinking, what if maybe, I don't know how many years specifically, I think he said about 15 years, but I'm not sure now with the numbers, but let's just assume it's 15 years. Let's think that at the 10th year, they just felt like, you know what, this prayer is not being answered. How many of you know from the, from the testimony we already heard, from the day one they agreed, what happened? Construction started. If they give up on the 10th year, what happens? Did God fail? No, the answer is on the way. How many of you know what God told um, Daniel? From the first day you did what? You prayed. What happened? The answer was released. 
Some of us right now have given up on things that the answer is already on the way. We've given up. You know, people say, I've prayed about this thing and it looks like nothing is changing. Who told you nothing is changing? Right? Let me give you another example. Are you, are you here? Alright. Or the message is touching your life. Alright, let me give you another example. Do you realize when Jesus cost the fig tree, nothing happened in the natural? The fig tree didn't dry up. That day, it didn't dry up. Caused the fig tree. And they went away. The scripture says the next day as they were coming. Can we read it? Let's read it. Mark chapter 11. Mark 11. Let me just show you. Let me follow the leading of the Spirit and just uh, and just see how God is leading us here. Go to verse, Mark 11, go to verse 12. On the next day when they had left Bethany, he became hungry, seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf. He went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Or some translation says, And his disciples heard it. Okay? And the story went on. They did, it, it didn't dry up that day. But go to verse 19. When evening came, they would go out of the city. Now, that when evening came, that tells us it's the same day. Verse 20. As they were passing in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. So if it, um, if it withered from the roots up, most of you that have worked in agricultural areas or you've seen where they cut a tree, if you cut a tree today, or you dig a tree from its root, the leaves will still be green for a while. Right? But the tree had already been caught. It's just a matter of time. It'll dry up. That's what happened. So, when the fig tree was caused, that very moment, the answer was released. The death sentence was released on the fig tree. But it was not obvious Pay attention there. It was not obvious. So the fact that the things you're trusting God for are not obvious does not mean your prayers have not been answered. That's where faith comes. That's where thanksgiving comes in faith. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, um, being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cast has withered. Okay, so that's it. That's it with that. Right? From the roots. So what are we talking about? Your prayers are dynamic. They are not static. They are moving. They are causing things to move. You know, I always say this all the time and I declare it over my life that coordinated activities in the realm of the Spirit are happening on my behalf. Because when I pray, that's been released. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, understand that the power of prayer is dynamic. 
The power of prayer is dynamic. It's not static, it's dynamic. In Acts chapter, chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That power is what the Scripture wants you to release in prayer. The Holy Spirit power that is locked up on your inside is what God wants you to release in prayer. When you pray, this is the power you release. The Holy Spirit's power. Hallelujah. Come on, are you still here? This is what you really... See, I don't want you to go into next year feeling um, helpless, hopeless, allowing life to happen to you. No, I want you to get into next year being deliberate about the changes you want to see. I want you to go into next year being deliberate about where you're going to release the power of God in your life. Right? Like in this area, I want to release the power of the Holy Spirit. And you are intentional about it. You are persistent about it until you see the outflow of the power of God. Praise the name of the Lord. One of the things I'm releasing my faith for next year is for the working of miracles to be amplified while I teach the word. Alright? So I'll show you how that works. I get into scriptures concerning the working of miracles. I read books concerning the working of miracles. I start persistently praying the scripture while Jesus was teaching the power of the Lord was present to heal. I stay on it. I stay on it. I'm not in a hurry to leave that until I see visible manifestation. But I know that when I start praying, that anointing accompanies my teaching. Are you following this? How many of you, well, you, you've noticed, because I mean, I, I, there was some time I was preaching in South Africa, and uh, I was praying my prayer before I started teaching, and someone in the audience was reciting it with me, word for word. person has listened to a lot of my tape. How many of you notice I pray the same way every time I'm teaching? It's persistent prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It won't change. Right? If it's going to change, maybe I'll add a phrase to it. Thinking of how to add the working of miracles to it. So that every time I stand to teach the word of God, I pray the same thing. I pray the same thing. I pray the same thing. And what do I find? I find that the anointing to teach increases on my life. And I find that the people are understanding me better. Alright? So I'm not praying one prayer today and praying another prayer tomorrow. I'm praying. God will answer all the prayers, but there is something specific when it comes to the teaching ministry and the office that God has asked me to occupy. Are you following what I'm saying now? There are scriptures you have to pray in your life for years until you see the manifestation. Are you following this? So, you, you enjoy the journey of the Christian faith. Don't be hopeless. Enjoy it. <laughs> Enjoy the adventure. It, it, it's what makes it interesting. Hallelujah. Okay, let's read the parable. Luke chapter... We're going to read two parables, okay, in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8, and Luke chapter 5, verse 5 to 10, and then we come back to Luke chapter 18, because that's where I want to teach from. So let's read Luke chapter 18 first. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1 to 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Say amen if you are. Alright. Now, he was telling them, Jesus, was telling them a parable 
to show. So the parable was to show something. What was the parable to show? That at how many times? I didn't hear that loud and clear, church. All times, men do, they ought to do what? Pray and not to do what? Lose hearts. Three things there. Three things there. Three reasons why Jesus was sharing this parable. What are the three, three things? Number one, that at how many times? All times, men ought to do what? To pray. And what's the third reason? Not to lose hearts. Can you see that? You pray at all times and you do not lose heart. Now, if I say to you, I am telling you this story so that you will pray at all times and not lose heart. Reverse that. It means that it is possible for you not to pray at all times. It is possible for you not to pray. Yeah? It's possible for you not to pray at all times. Am I right? It's possible for you not to pray. Because you can worry at all times. You can think at all times. Right? So prayer is an activity. Am I, am I correct? So there is a specific activity God wants you to do all times. What does God want you to do all times? To pray. Not to worry. But how many of you know worrying is easier than praying? You know some people are worried that they haven't had something to worry about in a long while. You worry is just easy. How... How much effort does it think to worry? Nothing. Just allow your mind drifts. I think it was Pastor Mary that was, uh, she was talking about imagination. I was talking about imagination. You know, and people will just use their imagination and just imagine this. And, and before you know, they're literally crying. Because their imagination have gone far. They have been hit by a trailer. They, they, they sell themselves that way. Now, it's just easy. You know, prayer is discipline. How many of you have prayed and your mind was just wandering? Or how many of you, when you pray, that's when you remember a lot of things you have not done? How many of you have that experience? Am I the only one? Oh, you, you, women, you remember, right? When you're just praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, I have not bread means Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Did I put Maggie in that means? Father, I thank you for it. Ah, my corn, my corn. I have not called the woman for so let me tell you, uh, when I was in school <laughs> many years ago, uh, this was something we did, right? It helped me after a while, but now I can discipline myself. But this was what we did. We just said, you know what? Instead of us remembering these things and stopping us for prayer, we will have two notebooks. So we used to have notebooks. We used to have reminder notebooks and prayer notebook. So as we pray, anything we remember we have not done, we will write it down and still continue praying. <laughs> you know, because we didn't want to waste that, but... Over time, you need to discipline yourself. You see, that, that's, that's why you should know that prayer is affecting the enemy. Because he just wants to get you distracted. And some of you just say, oh, let me just attend to the beast, then I will attend to prayer. That's the end of prayer for the day. Are you following what I'm saying? Alright, so let's go on. So, prayer is an activity and then not to lose heart. So, it's possible for you to lose heart. And this is what I really want you to get tonight. I don't want you to lose heart. Everything around you might make you feel like losing hearts. Everything might make you feel like God is not answering. This prayer is not being answered. But God warns us against losing heart. We only reap in due season when we do not what? When we do not faint. I know we don't like hearing some of these teachings because what we want is Jehovah Sharp Sharp. But this is the word of God. There's nothing we can do against it. He says, listen, I need you to pray and I don't want you to lose hearts. And he was talking about, in context here, about the kingdom. 
Because some things in this kingdom will take time. And you have to dig your faith in there. I love, I love what Pastor Hagen used to say, uh, Brother Hagen's son. He says, I will not quit. And I will not be defeated. You, you put, that's his favorite goal. You put it there. Regardless of your mistakes, regardless of your failures, you tell yourself, listen to what, where this is concerned, I'm not quitting and I'm not failing. I'm going all the way. You develop that resolve. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Whatever issues in your life you're struggling with right now, you say, in the name of Jesus, I am having the victory. I will not quit and I will not be defeated. That's the mindset. I know we've got all these exciting and wonderful plans about 2023, but what about the challenges shows up? You say, I will not quit and I will not be defeated. That's how you get into the new year. Resolve to fulfill the plans of God for your life, regardless of what the devil is throwing at you. Praise God. Are you still here? Verse 2, saying, so Jesus is talking about the parable now. Now, interestingly, I said how Jesus taught. In a city, uh, in a city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. It's looking like a Nigerian judge. In a city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponents. You would think that this widow, that, sorry, you would think that this judge would have compassion on the widow. But he did, because he didn't fear God and didn't respect man. She's not a heartless judge here. Alright? For a while, he was unwilling. But afterward, he said to himself, even though I do not fear God, nor respect, the man told himself. So it wasn't like Jesus said bad things about this man. The man was like that. <laughs> Yet, because this widow bothers me. How many of you know the, the word to bother will mean persistent asking? How many of you have given, don't raise your hand. How many of you have given money to people, not because you really want to give them, but they bother you? Not willingly, not cheerful giving. This is... <laughs> And you know, there are some people who are bothers. They beg in a bothering manner. Not shameless. Persistent. Say, oh, I don't have. Say anything. <laughs> Say, there's not anything. Say, try. <laughs> they will almost look like they are keeping the money for you. Say, check yourself. You know? <laughs> and you just feel like, how can I like this? And, and you just give. Uh, um, People know that this works. I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually, that tells us what the bordering was, coming, she will wear me out. That continually here, remember what we read in the book of James, the continued heartfelt prayer. This widow said, you know what, I don't care whether you respect God, I don't care whether you fear man, I will get protection. She goes the first day, they throw her out. She goes again, they throw her out. She goes again, they throw her out. She goes again, they throw her out. Jesus was using these to teach us what we should do in the place of prayer. Child of God, we give up too soon. We quit too soon. We just say, whatever we be, we be too soon. (laughs) 
He says, otherwise, by continually coming, she'll wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what your righteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cries to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find people still in faith? Because we give up too soon. Some of us have even concluded prayer is not working. Look at the example. This judge fear, did not fear God. Right? Now, interestingly, Jesus was trying to teach us something, but it's amazing the kind of example Jesus, Jesus used because he says God is a, is, is a fair God. Right? So God will answer quickly. He said, but let's even take a look at this judge. It, now, pay attention here. It wasn't God that made this judge to answer the woman. What made the judge to answer the woman? Persistence. That's what I want you to pick. Persistence. Persistence. Right? Persistence. She kept going. She kept going. If you are persistent about setting prayers, you will bear answers. You know what? You know the two things I want you to notice? This woman knew that only the judge had the power to give her protection. So she knew the judge. She knew that if this judge gives me protection, I'll be protected. And she told herself, right? I am not leaving without getting that protection. That's how you should approach prayers. Especially prayers you know are in the will of God. There's a particular verse of scripture in Acts 16 that the Lord has given to us in the last two years. They were about to pray about the ministry and we've been on it. And we are seeing manifestations to that right now. Right now. And what are we praying about next year? That same scripture. Just being persistent about it. What have you been praying about that you've given up on? Tonight is a night of encouragement and hope not to lose heart. Maybe you're trusting God for fruit of the womb, for a job, for your marriage, for your husband, for your wife, for your children, for ministry. You go back tonight and say, Father, I'm sorry for losing heart. I know the answer is on his way. And in the name of Jesus, we lock in. And the way I pray persistent prayers, when I prayed about something for a long while, I just thank God for the answers. But I'm thanking God every day for that answer. I'm thanking God every day that God is answering. I'm thanking God every day that God is causing men to be yielded where that answer is concerned. Praise the name of the Lord. Can we read the next parable? Let's see, because I want us to spend at least 15 minutes in prayer. But are, are you understanding this? Are you getting this? Can we read something first of all in Luke chapter 12, verse 32? Luke 12, 32. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. God has chosen. It's God's desire to give you the kingdom. Rejoice. Don't be afraid. So, uh, this is the picture of our Father. He wants us blessed. He wants us enriched. Glory to God. He wants us prosperous. He wants us advancing. He wants us finishing our journey strong. It's the good pleasure of our God to give us the kingdom. 
And whatever the prayer is, you don't give up. Because you know the answer is there. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't give up. You know the answer is there. Okay. Next parable, Luke chapter 11. Just next. Neighbor to Luke chapter 12. And verse 5. Now, remember in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1 to verse 4, Jesus had just taught them to pray what we would regularly call what? The Lord's Prayer. Then, he told them this story. Told them this story. Then he said to them, remember the other one he used as a parable? This was just a story. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. This is quite interesting. Jesus is saying that you have this friend and at midnight you go to his house and knock and say, hey, give me three loaves. I've got another friend who's come to my house from a long journey and I don't have food to give him. Three friends. One friend came to another friend's house and that friend does not have food. So that friend goes to another friend's house at midnight to ask for three loaves. And I'm thinking, this man, the journey is so long that he will eat three loaves. Alright. And from inside, <laughs> he answers and says, <laughs> do not, what's the word he uses there? Bother. Do not do what? Bother me. Do you remember how Jesus used, how the judge, right? What did the judge say about that other woman? I'm going to respond to her because she is doing what? Bothering me. Okay. So, he says, from inside the answers, <laughs> do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my children are, I, are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. If it is today, say, I will block you. You're not going to be my friend again. You just say, if you can answer, why don't you just stand up? The man gave a very lengthy answer. He says, from inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut. We know. That's why we're knocking. And my children are in bed. We know. It's 12 midnight. Where else should you be? Except you're watching serious movie. I cannot get up and give you anything. Um, I'll ask you a question tonight. If you went to meet a friend and he gave you this reply, what would you do? I know you plan to tell him a piece of your mind in the morning. But what would you do? Would you turn back? Yeah. I think every, every, everybody would, would just turn back. Say, well, it's not your fault. <laughs> I planned my life before. It's my friend that just came that is embarrassing me. Do you understand that? He uh, says, I'll tell you, Jesus said, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend. Which is interesting. 
that this man will not respond to this friend just because he's a friend. Yet, because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs, not just the three loaves. Are you, are you, are you seeing a pattern in these two stories that Jesus tells? The, the, guy, the guy wasn't responding to him because he's a friend. In these two stories, the parable and this story that Jesus gives us, Jesus tells us the answer to the prayers was in persistence. Not friendship. There are friends you have helped not because they were your friend. They were persistent. You said, well, because you are my friend, but in your heart you know that this is not friendship. This one is persistence. So Jesus is telling us a key here that, listen, it wasn't even friendship that gave, that gave the answer. It was persistence. Even for the widow, it wasn't because she was a widow, she was hopeless, she was helpless. That was not what gave the answer. Persistence did. Now, look at the next verse. We said he's a Lord. Verse 9, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given. To you seek and you will find. Knock, it will be opened. The backdrop of this scripture is persistence. When it says ask, it does not just say ask once and it will be given. No, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I read about revival stories, right? And I like to read about revival stories. And most times it's interesting that as a generation we want revival. Very interesting. But you know what I like about us? We pray about revival once a year. And once we don't see revival the next Sunday, what do we do? We stop praying for revival. Go and check all the history of revival. When revival broke out, people were praying consistently. They were seeking. They were persistent. Right? How many of us have, don't raise your hand, but how many of us have really cried for revival in our bedroom? Huh? Maybe you just passed one of your friends that both of you used to serve God together and you say, ah, it's a Lord, Lord, shake this generation. Shake this generation. Then you cry, 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 cry. Lord, I will not let you go. John Knox said, give me Scotland or I die. Lord, give me Bonnie or I die. You know, <laughs> then, you, <laughs> then you go to the fridge and open the fridge. <laughs> when you have finished praying, you, you bring your goosey soup. <laughs> I'm bringing Gary in microwave. Say, last, last, everybody's life is his own. <laughs> Whoever wants to go to hell, I've tried my best. But the way it is, and, you know, remember, has ended though. <laughs> you're, not, you're not praying God should use you again. Say, God should not even use me. Just want to make my money, just enjoy my soft life. I didn't come to this life. It has, so, do you think? You were really ready for revival. There's no persistence. Why don't we see the gifts of the Spirit manifested in our lives? It's just this patch of hunger and we go back to default. You understand that? It's not persistent. Persistent. Yeah. And that's why sometimes in a year we don't break through into new levels. Right? Because in January, we will do the fasting 40 days. This is the year. By February, we, we fought. We paid for one month shower, madam. So I will come on Monday, Thursday, and Friday. <laughs> I don't do fasting anymore. You just say, let the year go the way you want to go. It's who is alive. We said go. That is, you are done. 
you are done. There's no... By April, you have even forgotten where your goal book is. So the goal of the year now is to look for that book. Say, what are your goals for the year? Say, they are somewhere. And that's, that's your whole goal. You find the book November ending. Rats have eaten part of the... You're just gone. There's no persistence. All the prayers you wrote, you still go over them. If there's something I want you to develop as you go into next year, it's persistence in prayer. Right? Listen to me. 15 minutes every day. You keep at it for all through the year. It doesn't have to be six hours. It doesn't have to be 60 hours. But just make sure that whatever prayer point you're really taking as your focal point for the year, you are on it. You are on it and you do not lose heart. Look at this very quickly. For everyone who asks, receives, and he will seek, find, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by son for a fish, he will not give a snake instead of a fish. Will he? Or if he, if he asks for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, thank you Lord Jesus, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Some contrasting. And, and let me give you this practical last example on dynamic and it's working. Alright, so my, my kids... They the got football that's bad. Alright, so I think yesterday they were, were talking and they were like, ah, would like to get a football. Or I was saying maybe they should get a football or something. And, uh, you know, my son says, yeah, we have some money in the savings. How much? So he tells me, it's not enough to buy the football. So he was asking the sister, how much do you have? I don't know how much that one said they have. Right? But this is the point. When, they, when we talked about it, I'd, I, I mean, when we talked about it, I decided I was going to buy them a football today, which I did. But they did not know because I did not even promise them that I would get you a football today. But just knowing that they needed to get a football, I had already decided, okay, I'll get them one today. They already decided how much it was going to cost, went out to get it before they saw it. Scripture says, if I that is evil know how to give good gifts to my children, how much more, Heavenly Father. This is what I mean by being dynamic. When they had that conversation yesterday, they set in motion for the answers. Right. They went to bed, I don't think they went to bed yesterday thinking they would have football today. Right? All the energy to go and buy it, all the amount to go and what was I what do you think I was doing all through the night? Think well I wasn't thinking all through the night. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? In my mind I'd already calculated this is how much it'll cost. This is where I will go and look for it. I've already set all those motions in my head. Now imagine they were up all night just thinking, ha. Huh? We really want football. Ah, the money is not enough. Ah, do you understand? It would just be a waste of time. Because if you have a father, he has a responsibility to look after you. So what am I saying tonight? When you express words, for God is Ephesians 3.20, for he is able to do, come on, what? Exceedingly. Come on, what's the next word? Abundantly. What's the next word? Above, go study those three words exceedingly, abundantly, above. What you can do, what ever 
Ask or imagine. Those two words are powerful. Your asking and your imagination are equal in the realm of the spirit. That's why you need to be careful what you're imagining. But God has set things in motion. Hallelujah. Come and I said, God has set things in motion. That issue that is bothering you right now, God has set the answer in motion. And that's the approach. You go through it. Praise the name of the Lord. So by persistence, we can make, make much progress. These two examples that we read, you will observe that by persistence, by persistence, what happened? Much progress was made. By persistence, the woman got justice. By persistence, what happened? The man got more bread, as much as he needed. Don't take less in life. Don't go for less in life. Don't be settled with one loaf. If it's three loaves you need, go for it in life. Right? Be persistent. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. The, all the signs around you might look like this prayer is not working. That's the lie of the devil. Because immediately you lose heart, you cut the answers to your prayer. That's something I've decided in my life. I'm not losing heart in anything I'm believing God for. I'll keep my faith on it. I'll pray about it. Right? You know, the scripture says that even if the righteous fall seven times, God is going to lift him up again. Why, why, why is that? Why is that? Not quitting. Not quitting. Going after it. Pressing after it. Hallelujah. Now we're going to stand on our feet. We're just going to spend some time to pray. One of the things I want us to pray about tonight is that God will give us that grace of supplication and prayer in the year that we're entering into. Hallelujah. And God will just give us that grace. God will just give us that grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.